Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced, and worthwhile. How to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident, and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams, and I get to help you feel that magic again since going through my own dark night of the soul by chatting with incredible leaders, healers, and change agents who give us their messages of hope after overcoming challenges of their own. And today we're talking to motivator, speaker, podcaster, and actor Finch. Are you having relationship issues? Not sure which way to go in your life? Having some hurdles to climb? You're going to love me today because Finch is here. <laughs> to help you scale these with his comedic, no-nonsense approach to everyday issues. For over 20 years, he's taught, encouraged, and empowered communities, companies, and traveled the world with an unorthodox brand of wisdom, better known as Mr. Get Your Ass Off Defense, which sounds way better when he says it. <laughs> he's here to give you compassionate hope and tools you can use right now to discover your purpose and get out of your uncertainty and fear. Regain your confidence, get your direction, and propel you into the life you're meant to live. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope Finch. Oh, thank you for having me. What a such brilliant introduction. Who gave you that? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> How did you become a motivator for others? How did you get to that place in your life? I love listening to you and I feel good after listening and you definitely have a soothing voice. Now it makes sense now that I know that you come <laughs> from radio. How did you become a motivator? Well, you know, it started for me in my early 20s. I walked into a classroom one day and this teacher was like, hey, you know, I want you to uh, do some motivation speaking for my class. And I was like, well, what is that? She was like, hey, you know, you just say a couple encouraging words for to them and, you know, let's see where it goes. And I started like that and I got in front of that class. I've never really been shy about talking in front of people, but I oftentimes get nervous because I feel like, well, I don't know if they're going to actually take in what I say. And so that was the beginning of my motivational speaking journey, which started with a group of high school kids. And it just kind of catapulted from there. So, you know, each time I spoke, more people wanted me to come speak. And I was like, well, you know, this is like a business. So I could <laughs> actually make some money doing this. So that's actually how I got started, just by really on a whim. Yeah. And so what were you doing? Where were you? What part of the country? I was in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Where were you at in your life? Oh, I was working for a nonprofit and a friend of mine asked me to come by this school because they had a friend that had a friend that was a teacher there and they needed a speaker. And I was like, well, I'm not a speaker. They were like, but you're so motivating. And I think people think that when you are encouraging to them, but you're like, hey, this is on a personal level. I'm just telling you stuff because I know you. Never really looking at like, oh, you talking about I got to come talk to a bunch of strangers who I know nothing about and I got to encourage them just from me speaking to them. So it was such a exhilarating experience for one, because I had no clue as to what I was going to say and how I was going to do it. And we was in like a trailer. It's like, I think they was renovating the school at the time. So they had this classroom in a trailer. So it was so like compact. And so I was like, man, OK. And, you know, when you walk into a small place, all the eyes are on you. And so I was like, all right, how do I do it? I just I always look at pointing somebody out that I can talk to personally and then making that conversational personal when it's, you know, a room full of people and they love me. So they asked me to come back, I think, for like a four week time period where I, they put me in different classrooms and I knocked it out the park and ended up getting a partnership with that school system and which I later would come in and create something that became world renowned, which was a talk show that had, you know, since that time has been seen in over 33 countries. So but it started right with that same school. That's amazing. Yep. So where did you take it from there? Again, I didn't know anything about 
the business aspect. I just knew people would pay me to come talk to them. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And as I started branding myself as a motivational speaker, I think I met, I was speaking at a library in the same city and met this gentleman who was a professional. And he was like, hey, you know, I like what you're saying. I like what you're doing, but I think you can be polished a little bit. And, you know, oftentimes we don't want, most people give constructive criticism. I have learned that we don't like constructive criticism, but we will welcome constructive feedback. And so at the time he was giving me his constructive criticism, I was not receiving it. But when I start thinking about it, I was like, you know what? I could improve. And I think as a person, you should always be looking to improve whatever you're doing, whether it's podcasting, whether it's speaking, whether it's you're an attorney. So all these types of things, we want to improve on how we do it so that we can be a little bit more effective. And so he took me under his wing and taught me a few things about the business aspect. I said, oh, I can do this. And like as they say, it's all she wrote, you know? Yeah. And that's a good point. I ask every day as part of my morning, I always ask the universe to give me an open heart and an open mind. I mm. don't want to be closed off from anything. Right. Yeah. yeah. So anything can happen, which you're definitely proof of from that. Okay. So first I do want to say I was on your podcast yes. that I want you to talk about. And it was the funnest experience <laughs> because it's a live panel and it was just so fun. How did you end up podcasting? And do you want to talk about your podcast? Because it was really, it's just such a great experience. Uh, we had a great time with you. Yeah, really. that was. Yeah. So my podcast is called Off the Fence with Finch. And I started this at the beginning of the pandemic. And it was really like, all right, you know, I came from radio. You know, I had a successful radio show in Atlanta, Georgia. It was an afternoon drive show and I was on five days a week. And so I had been gone for such a long time. And back in 2018, I had an opportunity through iHeart to come back and reboot that old radio show. And right in the last hour, it fell through. So I was like, well, you know what? Maybe it's my time has passed and it's just not meant for me to do. And so I just had really given up on it. And leading up to the pandemic, at the beginning of the pandemic, two of my friends kept calling me. It's like, dude, I think you need to reboot your radio show. And I was like, ah, I don't know. Listen, man, you can do it as a podcast. And I was like, well, what is that? You know, because podcasting and radio is not the same. So I was like, okay, let me give it a shot and sat down. I was going to actually reboot it, same name and everything. My show was called Talk About It Today. And so I was like, all right. And so one of my friends who's a real dear friend of mine, his name is Patrick T. Cooper. And he's a, I mean, well-known fashion designer. He's designed everybody from Madonna to Michael Jordan. He's worked with Nike and some of your big time brands. We're talking about New York Fashion Week, Paris, all that, right? He says, hey, I think your name, talk about it today or talk back or whatever we was going to call it. It's too conservative. And that's not who you are. You get people out of the gray area and you get their ass off the fence. And he said, you should call it off the fence with Finch. And I was like, that's brilliant. Like literally that's brilliant. And so I started working on what the show would entail and what all we would do. And I have to say, like, you know, the journey was it started out one way because I wanted to I wanted the show to resemble my old radio show format and everything because it was fast paced. We had callers, you know, we had guests. So I was like, OK, let's put together some model of that and still do what I enjoy doing. And here we are now in our fourth season, just named to one of Apple's top. 200 podcasts. We're yeah, talking about over 500,000 podcasts, right? Yeah, yeah, right. 
So, you know, it's like this has been a great journey, but I really started this podcast because I wanted to have conversations with people who I thought was blazing trails and people who were serial entrepreneurs. And, you know, we come together and help people because I think it kind of stems from that motivational background, wanting to empower people to be more than what they could be or what they may be at the moment. And that was really how the podcast came about. And so now we're looking at fourth season. How do we help you enhance your life? You know, is it how you live, your career, relationship, finances? How do we help you do that? So I come in, I clear the fence so that all the people that's watching or listening can scale or climb over whatever hurdles are in their lives en route to being successful. And really, I think living on purpose and moving about in their destiny. So that's how I started. And we love it. I mean, I'm having a great time. We had a ball with you on the show. People are still talking about Lauren came on the show and all the tips you gave and how you gave them hope. Actually, we talked about it last week on the show. Recap, just talked about you and some of the things you gave. And I was like, that's when you know you had a fantastic guest because people are still talking about them long after they've gone. Thanks. Yeah, it was very, very fun. Now, you've got four panelists that are on there with you asking the guests questions. How did you pick your panelists? Are they friends of yours? Are they old friends? Like, How did you come up with those people? That is a great question. So everybody on the panel I've known except for one person. Nate is the only person I did not know. And we tried a couple different people out in the beginning when we really started going. My podcast was the first three seasons. We didn't have a panel. It was just me and guests. And so we decided, hey, OK, I'm sorry. First two seasons, because we tried the panel in the third season. So first two seasons, it was just me. And I was like, you know, I want to do something different this third season. Let's reinvent something. And talking to a couple of my friends like, hey, these are conversations that we can have on your podcast. So I was like, OK, let's try this format out. Let me bring in some panels of people. And so how we got going, then people start watching and saying, oh, well, I want to be a part of the panel. And so we tried out a couple different people and then we settled on the crew that we have right now because we just felt like it fit for what we wanted to do and different personalities. I love the fact that they don't always agree, but they disagree respectfully and we everybody respects other people's opinions. And we just have a great time just having everyday conversations with people and providing secrets and or recipes to help them, you know, enhance their lives. So that's how we came about with this panel. Nate kind of like auditioned because he was he reached out to us. I think I can add some value to what you guys talk about. And so we gave him a try and we liked them. And then people watching the show like them. And so it was like, we can keep them for, let's keep them for right now and see how it goes. But I'm always looking for the show to grow. And so, you know, as we continue to progress along, we're just growing with one another. And it's such fun because I think Ruth and Mika, I've known almost 20 years. Same thing with JB and Dr. V, I've known my entire life. Uh, me and her brother went to high school, went to middle and high school together. And so I've known her a very long time. And so it just kind of helps when you know people and they've been successful in their backgrounds in different fields and you guys can just come together and have a conversation. Yeah, there's a good chemistry with everybody. Yeah. It is very respectful and authentic, yep. which is amazing. OK, so what are the best purposes? What are the best pieces of advice and meanings that and messages of hope, really, that you've gotten on your show? Oh, wow. You mean from other people being a guest? Yeah. What have you learned? Because I know what I've learned so much <laughs> from my guests. It's unbelievable. So what have you learned that has been just like really stayed with you? That part. One of the things when we've had guests from all walks of life and 
We've had psychologists, TV personalities, even some celebrities. And we had this guy on in season two. He's on HBO right now. His name is Chris Powell. He goes by the name of Comedian CP. It was at a time where I was trying out comedy and just getting started. And he's a seasoned professional comedian and actor. And so I had literally just watched a show called The Detroiters on HBO that he is starting. And when he came on the show, he was just kind of talking to me about my journey. And one of the things he told me was everyone does not have to lose for you to win. And that stuck with me because I looked at my journey as a, I mean, let's be honest, during the pandemic, life was difficult. A number of people, including myself, because, you know, I came from a industry where I oversaw events, MC, host, and did tours. And all of that went away when the pandemic came. You know, I had literally just hosted NASCAR the last day before they shut down everything and all the events started canceling. So in my mind, I'm looking at, well, how do I move forward from here? Because when you look at your livelihood being tied to something that you have to physically get up and do, and if you're not doing it, nobody's still paying you for that, right? And so having that conversation with him at that time was critical for me because I was looking at myself like, all right, man, where do I go from here? What do I do? And he really encouraged me like, dude, like you just got to go get it, man. And you can't worry about this. You can't worry about that. And you can't care what people think or say because he was giving me his own story about how he started. And he was like, man, I quit a job because I felt like I couldn't grow. There was nothing else I could do that was going to advance me. And I was like, man, it so resonated with me. And so I started looking at building from that. I'm like, okay, this is one of the things that you have to do. And that's where I have this whole mentality of you got to get your ass off the fence. You just yeah. got to. That's so great. I love that. The world's expansive. There's enough for all of us. Yeah. There's not just enough love for everyone. There's enough of everything for everyone. Yep. Really, no matter what you want to do, go for it. And people will help you. They'll rise up mm -hmm. to meet you. Everything rises up to meet you. It just, I love that example. What's the hardest challenge that you faced and how did you overcome it? Oh, wow. I'm assuming we're talking about in life. Yes. Okay. So year 2000, 2001, 2002, and 2003, some of the toughest years of my life. And I'll tell you why. My mother passed away in 2000. My uncle passed away less than nine months later. And then my grandmother, which was my mother's mother, passed away the following year. And I'm talking about momentous. In between that time, I was homeless, you know, sleeping in the back of a church van. And I was just like, man, this cannot be my life. Now we're talking about someone who had achieved what most would consider to be the pinnacle. Like I've traveled around the world from Peru to Jerusalem. I've headed campaigns and, you know, tours. And I've sat down with some of the most elite people. And here I was broke, you know, <laughs> I was like, this cannot be my life. And I think getting over that hurdle and realizing that, you know, no matter how tough it gets, been a few times in life, it's gotten tough since that time. But I still have this mentality of losing is simply not an option for me. I don't care what it is and I don't care what's going on. It's not to say that I as a human don't get discouraged because I think we all have a moment where we are discouraged. But understanding that in this life that I live, there are going to be hurdles on my track. 
But the great part about the hurdles is I am a hurdler. So I have the ability to simply jump over life's hurdles and route to where I desire to go and where I was destined to go. And my wife reminds me of this all the time, literally almost every day that you were built for success. And I have to understand that. And I have to believe that because at the end of the day, if you don't believe it, then it doesn't happen. So that was one of the toughest places that I've been in life. And like I said, I've been homeless twice in my life uh, since 2000. So uh, again, in 2013. So we're talking about a little bit over seven, eight years ago, no, nine years ago. And I'm here today with a top 200 podcast with flourishing. (laughs) That lets you know that just because hurdles get on your track doesn't mean you have to stop. And I was so encouraged and inspired when you came on my show and we heard your story. I was sitting here like, wow, amazed because people often look at who you are now, not looking at the journey or how you got to be that person and how you became that person. And so it's always encouraging when you hear people who have succeeded in other areas of life and you see, oh, okay, so they, they've gone through some things. How did you get up? How did you get back on? And I'll never forget, this is the second time period, 2013, homeless. There was a actor. I won't say his name because I don't know if he wants me to tell this story, but he was a great friend of mine. We had met a couple of years prior to we shared the same birthday. And so the year before that, he went through a huge depression and we used to call each other frequently. And so I called him because it was our birthday. And he was like, man, you're the only person to answer the phone with today. Now, I'm looking at somebody who I see on television every day. And he was going through a moment where things just were not going well. His successful show had been canceled. He was losing all kind of money. And he was like, man, people just want me to spend money right now. And I just don't have it. And I'm sitting on the end of the phone flabbergasted because, you know, we see people that are celebrated in our country and we call them celebrities, but everyday people. And he was going through a tough time. And we fast forward a year later, it's my turn. I'm going through a tough time. I think at that time I had $100 to my name. And I'm thinking, and this is probably the first time public I've said this, I was contemplating suicide. Literally, like, it's no reason for me to be here anymore, right? And I text him, hey, man, you remember last year around our birthday time when you was going through it? Because at this time, he has another successful television show. And it was on Nickelodeon at the time. And I was just like, man, how did you bounce back? He didn't text me. He called me immediately. Hey, what's going on with you, man? And I was like, dude, I'm just going through a tough time right now. And he was like, what do you need? And I was like, man, I don't know. I need some money. I need. And he was like, where are you? And I was like, I'm in Atlanta. He said, that's your problem. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? That's my problem. He said, you need to be in Los Angeles. I was like, well, man, I got to get there. He's like, all right, I got you. I'm going to send you some money. I'm going to put you on a plane and you need to come here. And you can work for me for a little bit so you get on your feet and we'll be good. And that's exactly what he did. That's exactly how I got to Los Angeles. And just as he said, my life did turn around. So when I look at those hurdles in life and it's like, you jumped over those, you got past those. Now, when you look at hurdles, they don't look the same because you understand that if you got certain other parts of your life, you can get over this part of your life as well. I got goosebumps. I love that. No, I love that. I mean, those are real stories. I'll never forget somebody handing me $100 and said, go have fun. I mean, I had nothing. This is decades ago. Yeah. And I was 
just learning how to live life. And I'd gotten this tiny apartment and I was working mm. so hard. And she said, and you don't pay me back. You pass this on when yeah. you can one day. Yep. No, people didn't say pay it forward then. That wasn't, <laughs> you know, like now. But she taught me. And I was like, it seemed like a fortune. Right. Like, and I was like, have fun. Like, it was like, it was a huge, huge thing. And, but I've never forgotten it. And I'm sure you've never forgotten, like, him flying you here. And, you know, like, we don't forget people nope. that have done that. And when I was mentoring this girl in downtown LA, and, you know, to help her get to college and everything and taking her to eat. And she'd mm -hmm. never been to restaurants like that. And I said, you will be able to help somebody from this neighborhood and do the same for her one day. And that yep. it relieved everything from her of not knowing how to accept like the gift. And that's what it is. And uh, oh, I love that story. Yep. Those are great messages of hope. So what would you tell somebody who's having a hard time and struggling? And I don't mean clinically depressed now. I don't mean right. anything like that. But just like that, I don't feel like getting up. I'm not motivated. Or they're not doing what they are called here to do. Yeah. Um, getting off the fence. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> they are not getting off the fence. I would say the first thing you have to look at is, and this is something that we don't often think about. I use this even right now, like literally use this right now. First thing you have to look at is you have to change what you have control over. I always compartmentalize things. Okay, all these things, it, there's a laundry list of things that we're concerned about or even in a lot of cases worried about. So what of all those things that you actually have the power to change? Because if you don't control it, you can't change it. Like I can't change the weather. I don't have any control over the weather. I don't have any control over other people driving on the street. So I had to look at what is it that I have control over that's right now in my life that, that may be a hurdle. And let me see if I can change it. So if I could change this, this and this out of all the things I'm worried about, then that helps relieve stress. It works for me every time when I find myself bombarded with thoughts of, oh, I need to do this. Got to do this. Got to do this. Got to pay this. Look at, okay, let's say, for instance, if you got $1,000 left, you got $500, $200. Out of that, what is the necessity that you absolutely need right now with that money? I say, if you have to pay your phone bill, because you need to keep your bills on. I would then break that down as, let me call the phone company. Let me see what arrangements I can make, because there's always an answer. Sometimes we just don't think about it because we're so, when problems hit, we're so concerned and focused on the problem that we don't have any viable solutions that can assist us. And so that's where I start when it comes to things. So if no matter where you are in your life, first of all, you look at what is it about where you are that you actually have control over, because that is the only thing you can change in that moment. Yeah, definitely. And what about people that have this dream, but they're not working towards it? They, oh, it's just got, in their head, but <laughs> you know they're called for it. They're not doing it. I have this saying, go after what you want, or you'll spend your entire life settling for what you can get. If you have a dream and you are not pursuing that dream, it doesn't matter what the dream is. But if you're not pursuing it, guess what? You're never going to accomplish it. It's never going to come to fruition. Why? Because you're not actively working towards it. And I always say this. I told my wife this the other day. Horses are so focused on the finish line. 
that they have no desire to stare back at the starting gate. You have never seen a horse running looking backwards. Why? Because they understand what the race is about and they know if they want to be rewarded, they have to run the race, but they have to win the race. And the only way you win the race is you got to be in the race. So if you are someone who has dreams, let's say you want to be a podcaster, you want to be an actor, you want to be a doctor, whatever it is, a business owner, whatever it is, you have to start looking at the viable solutions that will assist you in getting there. We make so many excuses for why we can't do something. At the end of the day, dreams are forever until you decide to give up and stop dreaming. Yeah, definitely. So you talked about living on purpose. How do you help people do that? Oh, well, first we have to discover what your purpose is. Why are you here? You know, I'm a firm believer of discovering the why in everything. You know, something as simple as why I get angry when people cut me off in traffic. You know, why do I feel this way when people say these types of things? So in order for us to live on purpose, we got to first understand what purpose is. And oftentimes people misconstrue what purpose for career, you know, purpose and career don't necessarily go hand in hand because you might be in one industry, but that's not necessarily what's purpose. Purpose is the reason why you was created. It's the one thing this well, really, if I'm being honest, it's the only thing that will fulfill you. You can make a whole lot of money and you still feel empty. That's because you're not living on purpose. So how you do that is by discovering what your individual purpose is. Once you discover that, it doesn't matter if you get applauded for it, if you receive rewards for it, accolades for it, because you're going to do it. I help so many people when it comes to their lives their careers, even their relationships, just, and I do this privately. It's not something I ever advertise. I don't put it on social media. Matter of fact, probably last year sometime, I saw someone had a need. And because I knew them via social media, I reached out to them, got their address and sent what they needed to them. They in turn posted it on social media and tagged me in it. And I politely texted them and said, take that down because <laughs> I didn't do it for that. I did this for you. So you enjoy that. And so when we're looking at how we go about doing things, it's really just helping you discover what the purpose of your life is, because everyone has a meaning in their life. And sometimes I know because of life circumstances, choices that we make, we sometimes feel like our lives are not worthy. I felt that way at some point. That's why I contemplated taking my life because I didn't feel like it was worth anything. But you have purpose and someone needs what you have on the inside of you in your unique, authentic voice. And if you don't share that, no one will ever hear it. Yeah, definitely. We all have our own unique handprint. So that part. I love that. Do you have a message of hope you want to give? In this time where people are still uncertain about life, they're still uncertain about, oh, am I in the right career? Is this the right relationship? Is he or she the one? Oh, my finances. <laughs> I say, you have to look at where you are. And oftentimes, because of the chaos coming in your ears and entering your mind, you're going to have to learn how to mute your mind. You have to learn how to attack your uncertainty because uncertainty is one of those things that keeps us sitting on the fence of life. It doesn't matter what area, what category that falls in. If you don't attack your uncertainty, understanding why you feel uncertain in that moment, guess what? You're never going to boost your confidence and live in the life that was destined for you. Everyone can be fruitful. 
everyone can be fruitful in your life. Why? Because you were designed to win. And that's one of the biggest lessons I've had to learn in my life is you have to understand you were designed to win. And then you just got to go out and play the game of life and win it. And whatever that takes, whether that is furthering your education, whether that is enhancing your skill sets, whatever it is that you want to do, you can do it. Now, if you want to go to the moon and you don't have resources to get to the moon, you're probably not going to be able to do that. But you have to find a way to that's still a way to do that. You know, just connecting with the right people. I've learned one thing in my life, Lauren, is everything you want to do is always tied to the types of relationships you have. Everything I've ever done that was successful types of relationships I built along the way. So you have to build meaningful win-win relationships. And if you do that, you will always be surrounded by great people who have the same vision for you that you have for yourself. And you will always be at peace and successful. Oh, what a great message of hope. That is so great. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wish I had asked you? You're like, ah, oh, I wish you asked me this. <laughs> no, man, this conversation has been very organic and I love your podcast. I love the two weeks of hope because, I mean, there's, if we admit to it, there's a lot of weeks where we don't feel hopeful. And so you are giving people that thing. I can hope in this and I can win in that. I think that's very telling about who you are as a person and also where you come from. So that's nothing that I was thinking about. I want her to ask me this because I think, you know, whatever came out was what your audience needed. So you got to leave it right there. Okay. With that, thank you so much for being a guest today on 52 Weeks of Hope. Thank you so much for having me. And ladies and gentlemen, get your asses off the fence. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Finch. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you Finch's messages of connection, visit, vision, and get going. Such great messages to take into your week ahead. Be sure to tune in next week for another amazing, uplifting episode all about overcoming challenges and how to take that next step. It's an empowering episode and one that definitely helped you hit your goals and achieve your greatness. Really, just like Finch was saying in this episode, it is an empowering episode. You will love this one. Be sure to tune in next week for that. And if you're not already a member of the Facebook group at 52 Weeks of Hope. Be sure to join us in there. We talk to each other and get to know each other and I get to know you, which I love. And also we have really great guests and a lot of them have been guests on the podcast. They go and they talk to us in there and you get to ask questions. Dr. Jennifer Berman was in there talking about female sexual health issues. Mary Shirillo's been in there and she's coming back to answer some questions about our skin, how it's so dry during the winter months and what foods to eat and also our energy at different moon cycles. Mary Sice was in there clearing our chakras and talking about EFT tapping. We've also got a breathwork session that's in there. So it's really fun. Be sure to join us in there for the Facebook group. We try to do at least one modality every month. So join us in there. And if you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to share the love and tell two of your friends. Text them right now. Let them know. I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening. 